Okay, Louisa, thanks so much for uh, taking the time to speak with me today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It's great to chat. Uh, some of the first news post ISTE uh, coming out from from Kahoot. Uh, but first, let's talk a little bit about how how was ISTE for you? I mean, it's the first one in a couple of years. Uh, great to be back in person, right? Yes, it was. I thought there was really a special kind of energy with everybody meeting new people, talking with teachers, seeing people that they'd you know worked with before and hadn't seen in a long time. Um, it was definitely a special kind of reunion for everyone, I think. Yeah, you know, you know, covering the pandemic and its effect on education the past couple of years and just hearing about teacher burnout and, you know, all of the various uh, issues surrounding remote learning and hybrid learning and getting kids engaged. It, it was great to be back in person with passionate educators and to, to feel a, a positivity that is that is still there. Right. I mean, even after all this madness. Yeah, totally. I mean, so many teachers are really frustrated and disillusioned and even leaving the profession in large numbers. So it was definitely heartening to see all these teachers who had just finished such a hard year, but were coming and were, were really getting excited about the different technology tools and ideas that were being presented at ISTE. So yeah, definitely a different kind of feeling than a lot of this year has brought. It seems to me too that, um, you know, a lot of the stopgap measures that happens in the spring of 2020-20 when it came to the use of technology and remote techniques and getting connected. Um, maybe some innovations came out of that that have stuck around. Is that something that, that you witnessed? You know, for me, I think it's a little bit, a little bit um, the reverse. I was hoping in March 2020, all of us were hoping that okay, this is a time to really reimagine school and think about, you know, what is really the purpose and who is it going to serve and kind of let go of the things that are not serving us. Um, and overall, I did not see that happen. I feel like in most cases, I kind of saw schools and teachers through no fault of their own, but I kind of saw them double down on like conventional teaching and um, more teacher-centered practices and things like that. A lot of the ed tech that was 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 used and had to be adopted rapidly was kind of information delivery, you know, LMSs and things like that. Um, but I do feel like now coming, starting to come out of the pandemic, going back in person, um, we have this advantage where teachers, almost all teachers, are now comfortable with technology. They know they can do it. The school has a lot more infrastructure. Students are much more used to it and expect it. So that question of is, is technology important in education? That's gone. It's like, obviously it is. So now the thinking can really be about, okay, what kinds of technologies are, can transform learning and, and serve students' needs and maybe start to address some of these problems that were always there, but that became so much more salient during the pandemic. So I, I thought at ISTE, I really felt some of that, like some of the themes that I was seeing um, were much more exciting than, than, in, than during the height of the pandemic. So that's my hope that, that the you know, technology use um, was kind of forced in the pandemic, mm -hmm. and that maybe that has now set us up to start thinking more deeply about how to make um, the use of ed tech be more playful and active and really about skill building and deep learning and things like that. Yeah, so the, the forced beta test that everyone had to go through, at least maybe has uh, stopped me from having to write, you know, should there be technology in the classroom, yeah, <laughs> which right. I was still writing articles like that three years ago. Yes, exactly. Right? 
Well, let's dig in a little bit to some of the news that you have uh, this morning um, and, and some of the data uh, that you've collected, uh, not necessarily in conjunction with this too, but it kind of come out and reflecting what, what we're talking about here. Kind of give us the, uh, the inside scoop. Yeah, great. So um, at Kahoot, we've, we've just recently completed um, a large scale survey. So we've got um, around 8,000 teacher responses from uh, teachers who use Kahoot. And we really wanted to we wanted to find out kind of what um, what are teachers' perceptions of how students are doing, some of the things they're struggling with, and then what are some of the pedagogies, some of the approaches that they see as having a lot of potential to to um, improve some of these issues. And so, what we saw in the survey, we definitely saw that teachers do perceive um, that students are um, a little bit more disengaged and uh, less motivated in class than before the pandemic. So 59% of teachers agreed that um, they're seeing disengagement and, and some demotivation, um, which is, is really unfortunate. And what goes along with that is a feeling of a lack of control, uh, which makes sense. So that's too bad, um, but you know, we, we know that's there. But then um, some, of the, some of the great things that we're seeing is that teachers really see student choice um, and, and student agency as critical to supporting this engagement and learning. Um, so 70% of teachers said that their students are more engaged when they're able to explore different learning experiences and make a choice for themselves, what they're interested in, um, use active learning and playful learning as ways to become more engaged. And you know, for me, what's, what's really great about these results is that Research and the learning sciences um, have shown for a long time that these kinds of pedagogies are better for students. They're more motivating. They lead to deeper learning, um, more transformative learning experiences. Um, but it's just so great to see that teachers also perceive this, that teachers also have this, this sense that, that they can see that, that more student-centered pedagogies and more active learning and playful learning, that they can see the results of it being better for students. Um, because, you know, it's one thing for researchers and writers to say, oh, this is what we should do. But if teachers are seeing it themselves, then they're much more likely to be motivated to take those steps to shift their practice, which is not always easy. So that's, uh, those are some of the things that are, that are coming out of this survey. Um, and we are excited to apply some of these to our work at Kahoot, as well as share them with the field. Well, yeah, I mean, the idea of student agency, as well as teacher agency, is something that, that I see um, as a direct result of the pandemic, I mean, because teachers, for for many of them, were left to their own devices, right? I mean, right. It, when you got connected, it's like, well, well, we're not going to test you this year. There's not going to be any state standards, which I think a lot of them. That was the only probably good thing that came out yeah, uh, from right. a lot of the teachers' perspective that they didn't have to worry about that. But at the same time, they kind of unlifted a lot of the restrictions, maybe that uh, in terms of screen time, in terms of applications and, mm -hmm. and online usage of, of tools. Talk a little bit about from Kahoot's perspective of, of seeing that and, and how, do we, how do we keep that dynamic, which will then hopefully kind of return that engagement that you talk about. Yeah, yeah. So um, from the point of view of, of Kahoot as a platform, you know, in the first months of the pandemic back in 2020, we saw the usage and engagement on the platform increased fivefold um, just in those in those first few months. So that was, of course, great for Kahoot to see. But but now, you know, a year or two on, I think what's really important about that to me 
is that the pandemic, I mean, Kahoot was already a, a quite a beloved tool in K-12, um, but increasing the usage like that, it really, it gives us um, a platform and an opportunity to do more and go further into these areas that I was just talking about, about the value of playful learning and, and active learning and giving students more choice and voice. Um, so from my point of view, you know, now that Kahoot has, has so much activity and so many offerings and features on the platform, um, what can come next is really more resources to support teachers to, um, to let students get, take control of their own learning and then to develop more, more ways of interaction and more features that really encourage students to create and research their own interests and share with each other. Um, and you know, there are ways that, that teachers are already doing that with Kahoot. For example, students having students create their own Kahoots, share them with each other, share them with the school. Um, Kahoot is such a, a really kind of simple and easy tool to use. And so having that foundation, I think, gives us a chance, a jumping off point to then build in more features that maybe um, let students build more future ready skills, more critical thinking, more collaboration, all of these things. So for me, um, what the pandemic maybe has brought to Kahoot is a, an even wider audience and more recognition, which means that now if we can bring in even more of this deeper playful learning and um, materials that helps help teachers shift to a more student-centered perspective, we have this, this platform to really say something about what is good use of technology in schools and, and how to use that to prepare students for the future. Yeah. Now, is there a distinction uh, that you find between age groups? I mean, do you make a distinction between, say, K-5 and, and middle school and high school? Could you break that mm -hmm. down a little bit for me? Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. So um, I think that the same kinds of pedagogies uh, apply. The same things that are good, that lead to good learning um, are true across all these age groups. But of course, that looks different for different age groups. So, you know, for, um, for younger kids, it might be, okay, we're going to play a Kahoot, and then we're going to, um, each, each person or each pair is going to create one question. And then we can put those all together into, you know, a, a class created Kahoot, for example. Um, and that gives students some agency and they get to share um, and see, oh, who wrote that question? Oh, who did that? Who did that? You know, who made that picture or um, who was interested in that particular topic? Um, and then, you know, in middle school and moving into high school, it might be um, really doing your own research project and giving them a choice. Do they want to convey their findings and kind of raise awareness about their topic of interest in their classroom. Do they want to do that using Kahoot or another tool? Um, so giving, you know, kind of opening up the, the space for their choices about um, using Kahoot and other platforms as a way to demonstrate their learning. Um, mm -hmm. So kind of a, a, a more, a bigger problem space that they can operate in. And then of course, moving into high school and higher ed, um, I'd love to see Teachers encouraging students to get into, you know, deeper topics, maybe social justice issues or um, things going on in their in their own communities. And for for those um, students at those ages that can really engage with those topics, that might be what agency and student centered learning looks like. So all of these kinds of you know ways to play, whether it's with Kahoot or with other game based solutions um, or any other tool, I think the same principles apply 
to most every age group, but of course they're going to look different and um, teachers also need to figure out, okay, how does it work best in my context, in my culture, culture of my classroom and all of that. Yeah. Now, let's go back a little bit to the idea of, of student engagement and again, the kind of the BP before the pandemic and, and where we are now. Yeah. Um, any thoughts on you know, when we had that forced migration and you had, in some cases, 18 months of students being purely remote and then now kind of coming back in, I mean, there's some, some pretty major behavioral shifts uh, in the way that kids learn. Yeah. Right. And, and maybe they're coming back into a situation where, you know what, maybe they were bored before, but they weren't used to it. And now they're really bored because it just yeah. they, they were thrown off for those, those number of months. Talk a little bit about um, the hybrid um, intentions uh, of Kahoot and the use of it now, not only in the classroom, but maybe at home where that wasn't wasn't the case before. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. And I think, you know, what you're saying about um students kind of different mindset, different different perspective now, it's so important because it, I think it just really highlights having gone through this, this difficult couple of years and so many students have gone through so much trauma at home of, of all different kinds. So it's not only that they've kind of forgotten how to sit still and forgotten how to, you know, tolerate these, these kinds of things. It's these, some of these pedagogies weren't, weren't the best ways to support them before. And they just have such greater needs now that these pedagogies can't cut it at all. So I think that, um, you know, really looking at approaches like project-based learning and playful learning, game-based learning, um, there's a lot of, a lot of um, more interest in like esports and, and things like that. Um, I think some of these are really important ways to make connections between what students are doing at home in their free time and how they want to be learning. So, you know, esports is, I think, a great example. Um, and I saw a lot of this at ISTE. Um, it was great to see it kind of growing in, in awareness and popularity um, because it's really about meeting students where they are. And that is, it's, it's good for learning, it's relevant, it's authentic. It's also um, a really important approach to equity is understanding where students are coming from, where they, where they want to be spending their time, what are they excited about? And then helping them see that actually by doing what you're doing, you are learning. You are communicating and collaborating with your peers. You are you know, constructing worlds in Minecraft or in Fortnite Creative. You are making up these systems and, and mechanics that are very complex. Um, and school doesn't always look like that, but you can, you can recognize these skills in so many different areas. So um, I think that, you know, this, this can apply to Kahoot as well in some of the newer um, features and mechanics that we hope to build over the next months, um, but also kind of more broadly in, in ed tech in general, bringing in more, more playful learning, more ways to explore and create. I think these are some of the themes that that are coming up more and more in education because they're relevant and authentic to students and also because they build skills that are so important. Yeah, I'm trying to, uh, I guess, my old man fuddy-duddy aspect with, with the esports is I'm of two minds. Like, I agree definitely with the the, the Roblox, the, the Minecraft, you said, the, the Fortnite creative aspects and some of the coding aspects of it. And then I see kind of like the League of Legends tournaments 
and you know with with my own son spending a lot of time on that and it's just like don't know how much that's you know kind of involved and attached to their pedagogy but yeah totally and and I think it's I think it's a really important point and there's no one tool or one approach that just that just works that just is good learning right and this is I think this is so important when we look at different ed tech tools you can never say oh this is a this is a great tool use it and you're you're doing good, good teaching, good learning. No, it's always about the implementation and how you're using it and what works for whom. So, you know, it's, I think there's no good learning without good reflection. So it's really about making students and, the, and teachers themselves aware of, okay, what are the skills that matter to us? And what, what do those skills look like? How do we define them? How do they look different for different students or different communities? And then what you're doing in these games, is that building some of these skills? Are there some things that you're doing that are really important that we didn't realize um, you might not have seen before? But also, are there things you're doing in the game that are not productive, that are kind of just grinding or you know the mindless scrolling types of activities? And then helping students be aware that okay, maybe those aren't the most uh, the most productive, or or maybe don't don't even make you feel the most achievement. So noticing that. Right recognizing where is your learning happening and what's fulfilling to you can also help students kind of prioritize where they spend their time and what they're doing in those games. Yeah. Well, let me ask you, so um, from Kahoot's perspective, you see these numbers, you're, you're sharing these numbers now with, 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 the, with the general public. What do you plan to do with these numbers going mm -hmm. forward? So you know, kind of give us a little bit of a horizon of where you see hopefully those numbers changing for the better in terms of student engagement. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's really the connection between the these pedagogies that the survey shows that teachers are recognizing as important. So giving students more choice about what they learn um, and more choice about how they're engaging with the material and more choice about how they're demonstrating their learning, how they're assessed. Um, so Kahoot has tools and features that can be used for each of these um, and and also we need to create more um, resources and supports for teachers. And we have some of that in the works. So helping teachers understand, you know, what does it look like to use Kahoot in a more teacher-centered way? And then what does it look like to use it in a more student-centered way? So giving them examples. Um, we have some case studies that we've been um, putting up on our site. Um, we want to create some more um, kind of, you know, lesson plans or mini curricula for that kind of connect the tool to project-based learning um, activities and units that teachers might be doing. Um, and then, you know, bigger picture down the road, we have a lot of ideas for different features and um, interaction mechanics that can really help students share ideas and um, connect and find patterns and do some critical thinking about each other's ideas in a more, more open-ended way. So some of these things, um, you know, will be coming soon, hopefully in time for back to school. And some of them are bigger picture down the road. But I think that these these survey results, you know, especially coming from um, Kahoot users, is is really impactful because it it helps us see, you know, kind of what's the problem and what do teachers think is a good way to address that. And then if we can build that into this platform that has incredible reach already, that can really have an impact. It sounds like, you know, the, from the survey, it's so encouraging that teachers would really use something. They see the value in something that gives students more more choice and that's more kind of open-ended play experiences while maintaining what Kahoot um, has always done so well, which is a, a quick, simple experience 
user-generated content, you know, easy creator tool, um, and the social learning. That's that's uh, the really powerful part of Kahoot. So keeping all of that and expanding on uh, more active and playful learning, I think can be really impactful down the road. Well, it's terrific that um, you and Kahoot uh, are able to kind of share these bits of corporate intelligence uh, with the wider community. I mean, I think these sort of uh, data points for all sorts of ed tech companies uh, and executives are hugely important to kind of yeah. gauge the success or you know the, the continued attempts at success for, for student engagement, so. Yeah, definitely. And it's it's so important that we all recognize that ed tech and education in general, it's it's a complex ecosystem, right? No, nobody is going to solve education with one tool or one platform. And we definitely do not intend to do that. Kahoot partners with a lot of different educational organizations and you know has integrations with other ed tech tools. It's really about how how do these ed tech tools fit together to create a more meaningful experience for students? Well, and then too, as you said, I mean, you know, we now have this behavioral shift. Maybe there'll be a more of a, of a general sort of acceptance uh, of these mm -hmm. tools and techniques in, in general. And, uh, you know, th thank you for your time and your insights. And I think, you know, with those, uh, hopefully we'll, we'll see some, some continued success. So yeah, uh, yeah I hope so too. Uh, thanks again for your time and for your insights. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It was great.